Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing and National Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering six conversations from episode 42, our review of last week's SLD Summit, plus from the vault, a conversation from what was called the NAFL Summit back in 2022. This conversation starts with me asking Sven Franke his impression about whether the three diseases, NASH, MET-ALD, and alcoholic SLD, lie on a single continuum of disease or whether alcoholic and non-alcoholic causes of disease create separate dimensions. Sven suggests that while this is not a simple question, Different dimensions can be seen in elements of hepatic structure and vascularization based on alcohol versus non-alcohol, and fat versus viral hepatitis as well, but that neither of these dimensions completely independent. Switching to a different challenge around MED-ALD and alcohol, Jorn Schottenberg discusses the complexity in having patients assess their own drinking behaviors given that much drinking is weekend-oriented and social rather than a consistent pattern of daily consumption. He discusses how this affects the way he questions patients about alcohol at the initial discussion. In the course of this conversation, both Sven and Jorn note their hope that AI and ML will provide pivotal insights on these issues. Sven also comments that he hopes research will continue to develop along a path of basic science rather than simple drug drug testing and development, or NIT testing and development. And I suggest that the relatively low level of efficacy with late-stage developmental drugs at this point suggests we need to learn far more about basic science to support development of highly successful drugs and NITs. The SLD Summit 2023 revealed some of the new energy and areas for research brought about by the nomenclature change and presented existing new concepts for basic science and drug development, all of which promises a very exciting future for liver researchers. These interviews with Sven Franke and Hannes Hoxman capture some of the excitement novel concepts. So just uh, sit back, listen, learn, enjoy. When you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. Sven, one of the things we talked about a little bit last night, you know, yesterday with Hannes, I think it started with an observation from Jorn, is that a lot of the biggest challenges we've had to date stem from creating ordinal variables or nominal variables that we treat as being really powerful and important, right? Mm-hmm. Ballooning is one example, mm-hmm. but another one is the continuum from alcohol to steatosis. My feeling was that the NIT session, in fact, obviously talked a bit about, about the issues around, balloon, or around ballooning and, and ordinal as well. Where do you vision will be the proper place going forward for those discussions about how do we do a better job of creating continuous variables that capture the reality of the disease. If you put it on a continuum from alcoholic to steatotic, uh, variables that capture the continuum of the disease, because MED-ALD is somewhere in the middle. It's, well, actually, it's a question. Is MED-ALD somewhere in the middle on a single continuum, or are they really? Uh, is it really a XY axis kind of a thing, do you think? Sven Frank. Oh, the MED-ALD, of course, is still a category, but, but I think that the understanding we have always known that everything is a continuum and, and we put it into simple categories in order to be able to work with this but that's a, a very oversimplification of a very complex reality but yeah you need some more simplistic tools to be able to work with in clinical practice but we have also learned that this has many 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 limitations and i think that with all the of course you can talk a lot about ai and it's fancy but it's also a reality that we have now more powerful engines to work with continuous variables and to learn to work with them. Uh, So I guess we will have to learn better understand how all these things are in a continuous spectrum. The problem with many things is that, of course, you have an important variability in whatever you measure. 
differences between labs, differences within patients if you measure it today or tomorrow. So there are several things that we still need to understand better to capture that variability and to understand how we can work with that in in clinical practice because it's good to have continuous variables but if there is variability and the measurement of today is not the measurement of tomorrow, yeah, how will you then make an interpretation of a measurement in six months and how can you be careful enough not not to have a wrong interpretation because you ignore all the methodological issues that come with these parameters. So I think that all the techniques of artificial intelligence and and what comes with the possibilities to work with big data will help us to improve on that. But still, we we have a lot of work ahead of us. We're we're just at the start of it, I think. Jörn Schattenberg. I agree with Sven, uh, Roger, if I might say. The complexity also adds in that uh, drinking is a social aspect in many of those met-ALD patients. They're not alcohol-dependent, and as such, the social concept of drinking on certain days, but not on others, reminding themselves to cut down on alcohol consumption over a certain time, then falling back, it might make a difference in, in, in certain people. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like the daily consumption concept. I, in patients, I typically try to go weekly to at least have the weekend, um, but that falls short in some patients, of course, too. So there's variability to the MET-ALD group. That's why, from a drug development perspective, I understand why you say this is a little more difficult, but it's very important we're moving there. And I think Sven highlights some uh, very interesting aspects using computer-supported AI to better grab with these categories and the only importance is are they different in outcome and, that, and I think we'll be able to understand that. It's a good point here. The one other point that Sven made that I keep forgetting and thank you for reminding me Sven is that unlike uh, viral hepatitis where if you can start to treat the virus over time you can predict a path that things will go down if you treat it successfully and that path will be headed in one direction. It might be linear, it might be curvilinear but it's going to be headed in only one direction. The variability around fibrosis and steatosis in a MASH patient or MED-ALD patient I would guess is considerable. So Sven's point about you've got to measure all these things over time, I think really matters, in particular when you're dealing with continuous variables. And I like your question, Sven. I appreciate your question about the importance of variability and getting it right becomes a lot more important if you're doing time sequencing than if it is if you're looking at a snapshot, which is where where it sounds to me like we're headed. Yeah. Yeah. But we still have an awful lot of work to do. So we will not be out of work. That's why we are in the science and clinical science. The other thing that struck me was there were at least two sessions, one being the one on Saturday morning that you were in discussed with the different modes of disease, and then the one on, on Friday afternoon on the novel techniques for basic science. That My feeling is as money comes into this specialty because drugs get approved and investment goes up, those areas should just explode over the next five to 10 years in terms of how much research can be done. Fundamentally, each of those papers could turn into a section two years hence. Well, I can only hope that there will be indeed uh, a huge investment in high quality research. And for sure, if we have drugs that are efficacious and that can make it to the market in the end, I think yeah, that will hopefully uh, help in, in funding also the research, mm-hmm. not just the pharma-driven research, but also just our understanding of the disease. Look, we're still dealing with a disease where the best drugs are reported to have 30 to 40% efficacy. That will be a message to pharma that basic science needs to be far better understood so that we can come up with drugs that help more patients. Mm-hmm. Or a 
set of disease classifications or subcategories. Yeah, it's absolutely that disease heterogeneity that we need to better understand. It's fancy to talk about personalized medicine and whatever you want, but as long as you do not understand the heterogeneity of the disease, that's, that's a nice word, but you don't buy anything for it. But the opportunity is there. I mean, with all the tools we have, I think we can go in the next five to 10 years way further than what we have been doing so far. Um, to, to understand the heterogeneity of, of the disease because yeah, the pathophysiology is probably very different from one patient to another. And that does not invalidate all the research that we have been doing. It has been a great effort to gather all these data, but it's time to take the next steps. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with our first round of individual interviews, and we'll announce our subjects and topics early in the week. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. <laughs>